Hello everybody and welcome back to Marktech Masters. I have my good friend Jogma Taig today with me and uh, I don't think he needs any introductions, but he's going to introduce himself. Uh, how, hi, John. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Gabe. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Great Thanks to have you here. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Oh, this is great. It's great to have friends, not just like, you know, I know everybody's a friend and, and we've had amazing people in this show, but it's great to have you here. Thank you for, for being here today. Well, hopefully we'll still be friends at the end and uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Well, you are from, again, customer journey maestro. Well, maestro means master. So you are definitely in the right place today. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering the company, maybe so. So uh, I'll try not to disappoint. Awesome. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your journey and what you're helping companies today with? Well, I, I'm kind of what you might call a living dinosaur. So uh, I, I've been in sales and marketing for, at last count, at least 36 years. So uh, I've been a, across the journey. I've been in sales, I've been in marketing, and I've been in executive management and uh, consulting and, you know, you name it. I couldn't hold a job. But uh, my latest or most recent full-time job was as uh the co-owner of Kuno Creative, which mm -hmm. is a one of the first HubSpot partner agencies, and you know, still still a very popular and successful agency. And I left there three years ago just to go out on my own and leave those guys alone and let them get, do what they do best and <laughs> strike out as a consultant again. So uh, I've been doing that for a while, and um, you know, my my. Latest evolution as a dinosaur is now the, the customer journey maestro. That's awesome. And, and, and of course, you've been through all kinds of iterations of what salespeople have to do and marketing people have to do. You've been part of the revolution, part of the change. You've, you've actually created change through marketing and sales teams. What is this latest journey? You know, people these, these days, again, we're going through a big crisis right now. People are trying to adapt how can you bring some of that knowledge and wisdom from your whole, you know, experience of going through all those changes and, and how things are, are starting to align today, uh, at least at big companies, and maybe we can bring them down to everybody else, right? Well, I think, you know, I've learned a few things along the way, and, and one of the most important that kind of bears on what's going on today is, is this, this concept of the customer journey has evolved over time. I mean, we used to think of the sales funnel and the marketing funnel, and then that turned into the flywheel. And, you know, you see all kinds of different ways of looking at the journey. But that's really kind of wishful thinking. I think all of that, we're just trying to simplify things too much. And what we've learned is that the customer journey is really different for every customer. And um, so what that means is that you know, we have to collect a lot more data. We have to understand that the customer is going to be in different places at different times and with different motives and different roles. And it's, it's extremely complex. And really our, our concept about personas is outdated and, you know, just kind of the whole way we, we do marketing and sales and customer service I think we're realizing now that we need to focus on customers and even at an individual basis, 
but that puts a lot more demands on our time and our effort and technology and, and everything else. And that's where this whole idea about operations comes into play. That's awesome. And, and you have many challenges. You have attribution channel challenges. You have challenges throughout the journey. Uh, there's so many touches that need to happen for that whole journey to happen. And, and as you said, we've been oversimplifying a lot of things and saying, well, these are the five steps that someone needs to go through or the 20 steps. But what if they're not? And what if they actually chose a different path? I, I've been talking to a lot of marketing experts and sales experts. And the one thing I know is that nobody follows the same path, right? So, so what is this whole revenue operations and how does it differ from, from what we talk about marketing operations or sales operations? How can revenue operations and in, in understanding that customer journey help businesses grow? Well, I think the, the first steps we've taken in this direction of solving for the customer, so to speak, are things like marketing operations and sales operations because we realize there's so much to do. We have to collect the customer data. We have to make sure it's high quality, gets to the right place at the right time. It's not duplicated. And then we need processes that route the data to the right people at the right time and help them make decisions. And then we need content delivered to the right place at the right time. So there's a ton of different things that need to be done now and we're asking marketers to do all of this and do marketing on top of that. I mean, it's, it's impossible. So we're starting to realize that need and, and people are hiring marketing operations people who specialize in the, the data and the process and so on. And we're doing that in, in sales and we're also doing it in customer service. And, you know, at the executive end of things, they're hiring, hiring business operations people to do the same sort of thing. But then there's another problem, and now that's, it's that silos still exist. You know, we're, marketing and sales operations aren't connected. They're not using the same technology. They're not passing along the same data. They're not using the same sort of a, a agreed upon process. And that's true with customer success and, and business operations too. So we're all kind of in these little silos and that's actually kind of compounding the problem. It's making things even it, worse. Everybody's kind of like following their own metrics and having their own goals. And they're all happy within their own silo. And they're like, oh, we got more visits. We got more likes. We got more calls. We got more meetings. But if they're not definitely talking to each other and they're separate in their own silos, thinking that they're getting their job done, but the, the job is much bigger than the sum of the parts, right? Exactly. And the job is really revenue. So we're not solving for revenue. We're solving for a bunch of other things that align with our CMO or CSO or whatever. And they don't, you know, they don't solve the problem, which is how do we grow revenues sustainably over time, retain customers, eliminate churn, you know, that kind of stuff. And revenue connects to customer happiness at the end of the day. Sure, of course. Right? Yeah. Throughout, throughout the flywheel or the many funnels you have or whatever you want to call it, customer happiness needs to be number one and all needs to be towards revenue. Right. And customer happiness happens at the individual touch point. So all of this needs to be really concentrated, integrated, you know, at, at one level across the entire operation. 
So that's the, that's the rationale for revenue operations, which is really merging that marketing, sales, customer service, and business operations together in one team that usually serves or, or reports to a CRO and is, you know, specifically tasked with, you know, optimizing revenue in the company and making sure that all the operations are, are working, you know, as efficiently as possible. So that's kind of, it's a big buzzword, but that's really the net effect is that instead of sort of trying to align these things, we're actually merging them. We're integrating them into one team. Perfect. And how, how important is software in this whole, you know, revenue operations? If, if we're going to bring the teams together. It's and huge. I, 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 we see different teams using different software. Sometimes they're not talking to each other. We talk about MarTech and, and, and audits and auditing your tech stack and, and the challenge that that brings. How important is going to be software to bring these, not just align and just talk to each other about three things, but align these three things and everything in the company towards revenue. Software should be crucial, right? It is crucial. And uh, it's really one of the four key roles of, of revenue operations. So we talked a little bit about data. We talked about processes. Mm -hmm. Managing the tech stack is the third major pillar. It's, it's really important because tech stacks get out of control. People just get whatever they want and try different experiments. Nothing works together towards those goals you were talking about. And it's not coordinated any way to, to reporting and, and KPIs and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot to do with technology. And then the fourth pillar really is enablement. So it doesn't do you any good to have technology and data if people don't know how to use it. So operations is typically responsible for uh, teaching people how to use the technology and the data and, and just make that a part of their daily workflow so that uh, everybody's on the same page. So, so this this looks like something that's for huge companies and and especially SaaS. SaaS would be great because SaaS is already using a lot of technology and they're already trying to align these things. It 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 looks like a great fit for the SaaS industry and for big corporations. The question is, can this be applied to smaller companies? Um, and, and how, how do you start that process? Great question. So I think you're right. Everybody does think of this as a big company problem. And that's because big companies have a bigger problem with this. And so they're the first ones to address it. And uh, they've, you know, they've taken some strides, especially the SaaS companies. Uh, but I saw some statistics lately that really only about 17% of companies that were surveyed and most of those are probably larger sort of SaaS and tech companies, only 17% have really implemented revenue operations. So it's, it's a new thing. It's, you know, so, you know, you can, you can certainly understand why companies haven't gone very far yet with this, but it's very new and everybody's trying to find the best way to do it. Right. Yeah. But there's really no reason why smaller companies shouldn't investigate revenue operations because it's it's the same problem. It's just a different scale. So you could, for example, you could have a, a relatively small company that has two sales reps, one marketer, one customer service, you know, account manager, and uh, 
So that's only four people managing all this stuff we've been talking about. And so they hire an operations person for each one of those groups. And that's great. But then they still have the same silo problem. So why not take those three people, just move them into RevOps? You know, just realign their whole mission and get them to work together as a team, working on the same tech stack, the same data, and so on. So it's really not that complicated. It's just that now instead of having each operations person report to the individual department, they're in a separate one and they're working together. So it's a relatively simple solution to a big problem at a small company. Yeah. Actually, when you start describing it like that, I agree with you. It seems like a very simple thing to yeah. do and actually a very easy thing to do. Maybe people's egos are going to get between this whole thing and maybe we need to coach people on the benefits of following revenue and the benefits of, of not staying in your silo and counting those likes on Facebook, right? And, and, and actually starting to think uh, bigger. Um, what, what would you say some of those benefits would be for a marketer that's counting their own likes and followers and, 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 and visits to the website? And if, if they're great, they're counting leads and they're counting marketing qualified leads and they're sending leads to sales. Like they might be doing all of this. What's the benefit of working together in one team? Well, actually, if you think about it, what I would do, instead of taking a marketing operations person and a sales operations person, for example, and merging them into one, take a person who's specialist in data management, take a specialist in tech stack, take a specialist in process design, put those people on the team so that they speak you know, their expert language and then they need to learn how to talk to the, you know, the operating groups. That's a much more efficient way of handling this. So you know, they're not just working on campaigns and you know, sales leads and this and that, they're working on the entire function together, but in their own little niche. And uh, I think that that's a good way to solve that problem. But then, you know, it's, it's, again, it's new. So you talked about sort of the, uh, the egos in the room and that kind of thing. I think it's new enough that a lot of marketing leaders and so on aren't really familiar with this yet. So they are considering, or maybe they just hired a marketing operations person. So it's not too late to talk them down from the cliff, you know, and, and get them to do something a little bit different. And I think the benefits are going to become quite clear because you're going to clean up that, you know, that customer journey all the way from the beginning to the end. You're going to see a lot less friction. You're going to see a lot more higher qualified leads go through to the pipeline. You're going to see a lot fewer wasted opportunities. You're going to see a lot less time wasted on bad data you know, and duplicate data, you know, you've run into this a lot. And the key thing is, is that your marketers can spend their time on content and videos and strategy, things that they're supposed to be doing, right? And the sales reps can spend their time talking to the customers instead of, you know, going through the CRM and trying to figure out what's going on. Definitely, definitely. It also, it also feels like all those fights or wasted time or wasted meetings about 
your leads are not good enough or you're not making enough calls or you didn't engage with these leads that I sent you. All that stuff that's a waste of time and a waste of money for the company and, and a waste of energy at the end of the day. Kind of like it's, it's simplified and it's more like, okay, what define together what, how, what the process is and this is what we're going to do together. Kind of like it solves that main issue between marketing and sales, especially. And of course, customer service brings other challenges and that's going to be solved too. But th that seems to solve it, right? It does. As opposed to just sort of sitting people down in a room in a meeting and saying, hey, you guys are going to you know, sing Kumbaya and that's the end of the story. Or sign this contract and now everything's fine, right? It doesn't work that way, right? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, we, we have experience with sales teams and marketing teams. And, and no matter how many times we talk about it, no matter how many times we train people, it, it, every once in a while we still have that issue that they're, they're, some teams are being evaluated by output and not outcome. And that brings a lot of issues because I, I made my 10 calls. I sent my 20 emails. And, and then it's like, hold on, but what, what did you achieve on on that and then also they they have they can say back hey the lead was crap so even though i could call them 20 times there's nothing we can do about it so all that wasted time could be applied to working together to get the best lead at the right time with the right people with the right information the right content exactly yeah so you're gonna you're gonna find that uh, if you have the right KPIs, which are all about this sales revenue performance, um, and your team, your revenue operations team is gonna help you with that. They're gonna create dashboards and metrics that really are you know, forecasting methods and things like that, that what, they're what the executive team really wants. You know, they don't wanna hear about you know, cost per lead and this kind of stuff. They, they don't care about that stuff. They want to know what's happening right now. Where are we going to be a quarter from now? What can we do to increase sales? You know, those are the questions they want answered. And so your RevOps team is really going to help them answer those questions because that's who they report to. You know, the CRA, CRO's job is to do that specifically so that team is really geared towards you know producing those results which means that you're going to be able to sell the effectiveness of your teams get the budget they need you know so there's a, a lot of other issues that it, it also helps to solve that's great that's great so how can companies start with this because it, it's always the question that we get is like okay this sounds great what are the first steps how do we get this going everybody's already doing their thing like how do we get people to start talking to each other how do we convince leadership like what are the things that we need to do to start this well i think you know the convincing of leadership is really the place to start and and that's kind of my that's my job is to help people understand what this is about why it's beneficial all the things we've been talking about here but in more detail and then the next step would be to take a you know take a deeper dive on your company where are you exactly in this process what kind of operations do you already have what kind of manpower and, and skills and expertise so sort of a gap analysis to help them understand where they need to go you know how long it's going to take how much it's going to cost that's that's what i i'm going to be doing and doing now um, 
And then my plan, my strategy is to outsource specific things that they don't have. So for example, if they need someone to come in and help them clean up the data, you know, an agency like yours might be a perfect fit. Um, come in and do sales development or, you know, understand the pipeline efficiency better, that kind of thing. So I'm going to have strategic partners that are ready to go, that they can plug in immediately. And if they want a longer term solution, which they probably do, then, uh, you know, who to hire and what kinds of qualities are you looking for? Do you have people in your organization right now that could move into that position? Um, so that's this sort of the strategic consulting side of this. And, um, you know, I think the, the whole idea of talking to mid-market companies and even small companies, it hadn't been done. You know, I, I don't think yeah. anybody's doing this. Well, that's the other thing. If you think about it right now with the crisis and everything, a lot of people are thinking about adapting for today. Mm -hmm. Right. And today is very important because we need to save resources, save money, survive, stay open, keep employees employed, pay bills. Like those are things that people are thinking about today. But throughout this series, we've talked about this with many other leaders in marketing and software and MarTech and sales. And and there's a there's something that keeps coming back, which is don't forget about the long term, you know, don't forget about preparing for after COVID, preparing for after the crisis, because the companies that have gone through crazy crises like this one, like the Great Depression, for example, um, and have invested in marketing and sales and operations and all these things are the brands we know today, right? So be, and, and we only know them because they invested during the crisis as much as they could on all of these different things. So this seems to be like a perfect long-term business, you know, upgrade, business decision, business um, adaptation uh, to actually, the same way we talk about SEO being a long-term and creating content and doing all these great things at a business level, restructuring your business right now, um, this seems to be like a great time to start thinking about these things. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this, um you know, sheltering in place or whatever you want to call it has caused us all to, to look in, inward and try to figure out what's going on now, you know, with our business and where do we want to go and how, you know, what's not working and what, what do we need to do to, to make things work better. So, you know, the, the more of that that goes on, I think uh, the better. And, and so, this is, you're right, it's a good time to be thinking creatively like this. I don't think anyone wants to think about implementing a million dollar upgrade of anything right now. So this doesn't really require that. You can take steps in the right direction and you probably already have at least some of the resources you need. So it's just a matter of rethinking the process and, and how you're going to market and then you know, helping out the people that you've hired already to be creative. You know, they don't need to be moving pieces around in a marketing automation system and CRM. They, you know, they, they have enough with their job, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, where's we, that, we where's that video you were supposed to create? <laughs> exactly. This week? Get that video out, get that blog out, get that piece of content 
make those calls, set up those meetings, make sure that things are moving in the right direction. And don't worry about the data being clean or the data being the right data and things like that. Uh, and the process, right? That's the other part that you were, you were mentioning and is so important. If there's no process for that communication, if there's no process for cleaning the data, updating the data, actually sifting through the data and getting insights to the right people at the right time, all of that takes a lot of time. And especially th during a crisis, those are the things that nobody is going to do. It, they're trying to just do their job. So uh, I believe that this is this is crucial these times and it's going to help a lot of businesses. Hey, John, thank you for sharing all of this. Anything else? This is your time, your your space. Anything else you want to share? Go for it. But it's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And I really appreciate you as a friend and, and for sharing your knowledge always with all of us. So thank you. Well, it's great to hear that we're still friends and uh Maybe we're even more on the same page than we were before, if that's possible. Definitely. And uh, yeah, it's been my pleasure. And, and I'm looking forward to working with you and other agencies and other people, other experts out there. I think this is not secret sauce. It's very logical. And I think if we can all go in this direction, marketing as a whole and sales and everything else is going to be a lot more successful down the road. So. That's kind of what I'm trying to do is contribute a little bit here. That's great. Thank you, John, again for joining us today. Thank you, guys. And uh, again, for your friendship. Ha have a good one and stay safe, guys, okay? Take care. This episode of MarTech Masters was produced and edited by Nextiny Marketing. To watch the series, visit our website at nextinymarketing.com. Subscribe to our channel to keep up to date with the latest news from our friends and MarTech Masters. 